Greetings, friends, and welcome to another edition of Pushing the Envelope Music Decidedly Left of Center, featuring the finest in the outer realms of contemporary music, from the worlds of rock, jazz, classical, world music, spoken word, ambient, electroacoustic, etc., 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 with a healthy dollop of new and classic progressive rock and jazz rock fusion. We open today's festivities with a new recording of John Cage's Sonatas and Interludes for Prepared Piano out on the NUMA record label with Prepared Piano, played by Agnes Toniuti. It's a beautiful recording, and NUMA's website has a nice little description about this piece. It starts, Oh, damn it, I wish I'd thought of that, said Lou Harrison upon seeing what John Cage had done to his Steinway, inserting screws, weather stripping, erasers, and other everyday objects between the strings to change their tone, effectively making a whole percussion ensemble under the control of one keyboard player. It was 1940 in the prepared piano inspired by Henry Cowell and encouraged by John's mom was to be Cage's signature invention for the next few years. It solved a number of problems. Limited pit space during dance performances, percussion ensembles were hard to come by during wartime, and the fact that samplers were a long ways off. He consciously improvised a number of pieces, not unlike selecting and arranging seashells from a walk along the beach, before setting to work on his magnum opus for the instrument sonatas and interludes, 1946-1948. to Sidestepping the need for conventional tonal relationships, depressing a key was as likely to result in a thunk, buzz, bell tone, or twang as a clear pitch or chord. The compositional structure employed Cage's developing sense of rhythmically nested proportions, repetitions, and symmetries at various time frames, concepts he tied to Eric Satie. But the creation also coincided with Cage's budding interest in Indian classical music, the tala, rhythmic structures, and rasa, moods. Despite the specificity of Cage's table of preparations, the fact is that each piano responds differently to the alterations. The bass frequencies and overall dynamics are significantly reduced so that the effect is more akin to a kaleidoscope harpsichord or clavichord than a grand piano. It is this approach that Italian pianist Agnes Toniuti has taken with her recording, bringing out the wonder and delicacy of the tones rather than trying to compensate for their muting. So today's program will be subtitled Greatest Hits, because it will feature percussion-oriented work. Ways you can get in touch with Pushing the Envelope and yours truly, I'm Joel Crutt, via email. Pushing the Envelope, W-H-U-S, all smushed together as one word, at gmail.com. Or you can go to Twitter. Please uh, feel free to follow the Twitter feed. That would be at E-N-V-P-U-S-H-E-R numeral one. And uh, you can go and listen to uh, prior programs going to podbean.com and uh, search under Pushing the Envelope. And all kinds of goodies will be available for your listening pleasure. We're going to open phase one with another classic percussion-based piece. George Antiel's 
Ballet Mécanique, brought to us here by the Philadelphia Virtuosi Chamber Orchestra from Anaxos, recording from 2001. The Ballet Mécanique was originally conceived as an accompaniment for a Dadaist post-Cubist art film conceived, written, and co-directed by the artist Fernand Leger in collaboration with the filmmaker Dudley Murphy. However, before its completion, director and composer agreed to go their separate ways. Antille's music for Ballet Mécanique became a concert piece premiered by Antille himself in Paris in 1926. As a composition, it is Antille's best-known and most enduring work. It remains famous for its radical, repetitive style and instrumentation. The original orchestration called for 16-player pianos in four parts, two regular pianos, three xylophones, at least seven electric bells, three propellers, a siren, four bass drums, and one tam-tam. As it turned out, there was no way to keep so many pianolas synchronized. So early performances combined the four parts into a single set of pianola rolls and augmented the two human-played pianos with six or more additional instruments. In concert performance, Ballet Mechanique is not a show of human dancers, but of mechanical instruments. Among these, player pianos, airplane propellers, and electric bells stand prominently on stage, moving as machines do, and providing the visual side of the ballet. As the bizarre instrumentation may suggest, this was no ordinary piece of music. It was loud and percussive, a medley of noises, much as the Italian futurists envisioned new music of the 20th century. Welcome to phase one of today's Pushing the Envelope, here on 91.7 WHUS.
Welcome back to Pushing the Envelope, subtitled Greatest Hits, because today's program features exclusively percussion instruments. We ended phase one with the fascinating Evelyn Glennie, a piece she composed entitled Sorbet Number Three, Udu Trail, off the album Drumming on the Catalyst label from 1996. She notes, I love my emboite. Like many instruments in the percussion family, it can be as private or as sociable as you want. I have put llama hooves around my wrist whilst playing the mbwata, which is a beautifully sculptured clay drum played with bare hands. Prior to that, a fascinating album entitled The Thai Elephant Orchestra out on Mulata Records from the year 2000, a project of David Soldier and Richard Lair featuring elephants in the Thai jungle playing specially designed musical instruments. The elephants improvised the music themselves. The Thai Elephant Orchestra was co-founded by Richard Lair of the Thai Elephant Conservation Center in Lampang and performer-composer David Soldier. While recording, Soldier observed, one surprise was that they played variously in duple meter, straight eighth notes, triple meter, alternating quarter and eighth notes, and a dotted rhythm, dotted eighth and sixteenth notes. And we heard percussion trio and Samnuk's Ranat solo, the Ranat being an invented instrument like uh, a marimba with metal tubes, and Samnuk is the name of one of the elephants. Before that, classic gentle giant an Inmate's Lullaby from the 1973 album, currently, I guess, out on the DRT Entertainment label, entitled In a Glass House. And I played this particularly because of the passing of founding member Ray Shulman, who played all kinds of instruments, primarily bass, but violin, percussion, all kinds of stuff. Before that featuring percussionist Douglas Perkins, a composition from Larry Polanski off his album These Are the Generations, a 2020 release on New World Records. We heard 22 sounds. Per the liner notes, 22 sounds constitutes a culmination of Polanski's theoretical and software development of the dissonant counterpoint algorithm, otherwise called DCA which he developed in the early 2000s with mathematician Alex Barnett and composer Michael Winter. This algorithm uses a growth function that determines how long before and in what way events, pitch, duration, anything, that have already been used in a composition are likely to occur again. Generally, the more time that has passed since a given event has occurred, the more likely it is the event will occur again. The composer can control the precise parameters of this function to increase or decrease the probabilities of repetition. Here, the DCA algorithm is applied to four different percussion parts, each made up of 22 unspecified percussion sounds chosen by the performer. The parts are organized into a mensuration canon, meaning, in this case, that the voices begin and end at different times and occur at different speeds, only lining up at a specific moment in the middle of the piece. 
Not only are the tempi non-synchronous, they also employ complex polyrhythms that often create elaborate cross-rhythms throughout the piece. Larry Polanski's 22 Sounds. And we started that set out with the Philadelphia Virtuosi Chamber Orchestra from their 2001 Naxos release playing George Antiel's Ballet Mécanique. So we have some more greatest hits for you, starting phase two with music from So Percussion and Troll Stilt in tandem with Rind Eckert and Jennifer Truman from an album out on the Shh Productions label from 2007 entitled Five and a Half Gardens. The brainchild of composer Dan Truman of Troll Stilt, Five and a Half Gardens features instruments made from found materials such as flower pots, plumbing tubes, and cell phone microphones, as well as traditional percussion instruments, fiddles, and guitars. These instruments are combined with electronic samples, processed sound, and spoken word, creating multi-layered sonic effects. The juxtaposition of traditional folk and percussion music to electronic and computer synthesized sounds results in an indefinable listening experience. And we're going to hear the wheelbarrow piece, Noel's Garden, and Noel's Song. Welcome to Phase 2.
Si je meurs, je veux commenter dans la cave où il y a du bon vin. Dans la cave, oui, oui, oui. Dans la cave, non, non, non. La morale de cette histoire, c'est à boire avant de mourir. C'est à boire, oui, oui, oui. C'est à boire, non, non, non. Isabeau s'y promenait le long de son jardin. 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 Le long de son jardin.
Welcome back, and so we return to pushing the envelope music decidedly left of center, ending up phase two with a good friend who I met many, many years ago from doing this program and receiving his music. Music from Joseph Benzola, Joe's digital single from last year, Life is Beautiful and Painful, Like a Feather Pulled from a Wing. And of course, you can find that on Bandcamp. And the title's taken from a poem by Dunya Mikhail, Tablet 6, which can be found in the April 22nd edition of Poetry. Joe's a pretty well-read guy. I have a feeling his bookshelf doesn't look like mine from here. I can see... Oh, look, there's an omnibus of the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, the Joker, Coraline. Yeah, I like comic books. <laughs> what can I say? So I have to know people like Joe who are on the higher end of things. <laughs> Prior to that, new music from Martin Daigle, bringing us composer Sylvain Pohu's beat for solo drum kit. Pohu collaborated with Daigle to arrange an earlier version of the piece for him to play as a solo drum kit performer. To subject to repeated beatings, to strike against repeatedly and with force, to shape or break by repeated blows, to defeat or subdue, and many other meanings of the word beat are explored through the piece. And that is out on Martin Daigle's new release, Drum Machines, on the Rovello record label. And we open that set up with music from So Percussion and Troll Stilt featuring Rind Eckert and Jennifer Truman. An album on the Shh Productions, yes, S-H-H-H, from 2007 called Five and a Half Gardens. And we heard Noel's song, Noel's Garden, and the Wheelbarrow piece. Phase three, we will return to classic percussion music from Edgar Varez, the music of Edgar Varez, 1960 Columbia release. Though the reviews I've read, I am playing this one, A, because it's the one I have, and B, because in a very odd kind of way, that album as an LP was in my grandfather's record collection. And the cover, which looks like a Joan Miro painting, caught my eye when I was a little kid. And then when I had my own table, listened to it and went, whoa, this is different. And uh, things sort of started out in that neck of the woods. So Robert Kraft conducting woodwinds, brass, and percussion will bring us ionization. Composed 1929 to 1931, musical composition written for 13 percussionists. It was the first concert hall composition for percussion ensemble alone. In the journal Tempo, percussionist Brian Holder wrote, The work presented an important notion that unpitched percussion, with piano and other pitched instruments coming in at the end, could stand alone as a serious form of concert music, a relatively unexplored concept at the time. Ironization features the expansion and variation of rhythmic cells, and the title refers to the ionization of molecules. As the composer later described, I was not influenced by composers as much as by natural objects and physical phenomena. We enter phase three of today's Pushing the Envelope with Edgar Varese's Ionization here on 91.7 WHUS.
And so we wrap up another edition of Pushing the Envelope. Percussion's greatest hits. <laughs> we wrap things up with a track called Sweet 16 from the Diga Rhythm Band off the album on the Ryko disc label from 1976 entitled Diga. Zakir Hussein founded the Tal Vadya Rhythm Band in 73 as an Ali Akbar College of Music Performance project. When Mickey Hart joined Tal Vadya in 1975, the name was changed to Diga Rhythm Band. Hussein composed a traditional solo based on a lahera, a traditional melody designed for drum solos, and set in Tintal, a 16-beat rhythmic cycle. The rhythmic ideas were then developed fusing both South and North Indian drumming styles. Prior to that, Terry Bozio and his humongous drum set featuring the Metropole Orchestra. Favored Nations released in 97 entitled Chamberworks, and we heard Movement 3 from a larger piece called Five Movements for Drum Set and Orchestra. Chamberworks, Bozio's smaller-scale symphonic album for strings, woodwinds, drums, and orchestra, pointed Bozio in a direction with which he was familiar because of a certain previous employer. How could Zappa not have influenced anything I do or have done, Bozio asks. I owe him credit for everything but the work I've done alone in a room writing or practicing. Even then, no one would know or care if not for the international exposure and credibility I got from being associated with Frank. I only hope he's proud of me for doing this. The five movements were originally written for a woodwind quintet and string quartet, Bozio says. I sent my original mini note-written scores and the string and wind parts to the orchestrator Martin Fonts, who arranged it for a larger ensemble to make use of brass percussion and the lack of a bassoon, but it holds pretty closely to my original orchestration. Music from Terry Bozio. A newer release from 2019, a self-release from drummer Dave Shepke, entitled Drums on Low, again, available on Bandcamp, and we heard a track called Sound on Low. Per his notes, an album of original compositions on drum set and assorted percussion recorded live in the studio with no overdubs, editing, or technological hoodoo. The focus of this first album is on letting the drums breathe and the tones of the different configurations shine with the space given. From traditional drum set to hand percussion to micro-percussive instruments, all are played in the standard drum set array, but with changing tonal colors. The emphasis here is on drums. Cymbals take a backseat for the moment, but they will make more of an appearance soon. Enjoy the meditative and trance elements presented here where the drums truly shine. Music from Dave Shepke. And we open with Edgar Varese's historical composition from 1929 to 31, Ionization, conducted by Robert Kraft. Have a good week, my friends, and we will see you next time. Until then, take care.